This episode is part of the Data Mesh Radio Takeover Week by the Knowledge Graph Conference, and the Knowledge Graph Conference will be taking place May 2nd through 6th. For an ability to win free tickets, either online or in person, please see the show notes. If you want more of a pitch on why to attend, listen to any of the interview episodes this week. <laughs> so this episode is people in the general Knowledge Graph Data Mesh community sharing their defini definition to the question of what is a knowledge graph? Some of them went a bit off script, but that's perfectly okay as well. <laughs> it is designed to get you more up to speed on just what the heck is a knowledge graph, so you can better understand and make use of the other episodes this week. I want to thank each of our contributors to this episode. There are a few useful links in the show notes as well, and links to everyone that uh, contributed their LinkedIn profiles. Our contributors are only representing their own views and not necessarily those of, of their employers, as is the case with every guest that is on Data Mesh Radio. So thank you, Karen, Chancila, Jens, Juan, Steve, and Tim. Their clips are in the last name alphabetical order to absolve me from playing any favorites. <laughs> If you want to submit your definition after the fact, I might do another bigger compilation down the road if many people want to submit. Uh, not committing to that, but it could be interesting. And with that, let's get to answering just what is a knowledge graph? The following definition is by Karen Passmore, who's the CEO and founder of Predictive UX. And if you'll recall, I interviewed Karen with her colleague Steve Stesny on episode 30, Don't Sleep on the User Experience in Data Mesh. A knowledge graph in its simplest definition is a behind-the-scenes relationship manager that describes how stuff is connected on a small or massive scale. When coupled with machine learning, knowledge graphs become a living source of connections between seemingly unrelated stuff from different systems, even from different companies. While a knowledge graph is a behind-the-scenes operator, they surface information to various types of UIs, and it really needs to be designed with a focus on the people or the users who will be consuming the information and data. Understanding users is how relationships between multi-sourced information can become not only meaningful, but also insightful and importantly, actionable for employees and customers at exactly the right moment. Applied on a small scale, knowledge graphs can address knowledge loss from employee attrition. It can remove the panic when DBA Dave left the company last month, but he was the only one who knew how to pull together all of the data from all of your different systems to create your board report. On a larger scale, knowledge graphs can be applied to solve problems like cleaning up the environment. Knowledge graphs are powerful, and they're a common underpinning to search to help users get contextually relevant results based on user intent. So for example, when I search for Elon Musk, I get not only the person, but also his companies, tweets, recent news, people related to Elon Musk and more. Now for me, that's a good experience, 
But I think knowledge graphs, when applied to a deeper understanding of user intent, can be even better. So if I have a specific use case in mind, and I'm trying to solve specific problems, then my knowledge graph can be used to surface the information that's really relevant for a specific scenario. For example, knowledge graphs can power recommendation engines as well, like what training course you should take next, or what medical diagnosis to consider based on patient data from the current visit and patient history. They can also reveal underlying patterns in data, saving companies from repeating costly mistakes. Knowledge graphs are really most powerful when coupled with understanding users, which means considering their intent, needs, goals, language, and what they want from connected content and data experiences. Most of the time, knowledge graphs and data projects are really focused on the data itself, And that's fun and exciting, but again, talking to users is really what's going to make that knowledge and data and all of the connection of that information valuable at the end of the day. This next clip is. Jensi Lapota, a machine learning engineer at Cardo AI. Hello, everyone. My name is Jensila, and today we will have a little introduction. We will try to give a little introduction about the knowledge graphs. So, the term knowledge graph is a combination of two words knowledge and graph. Let's start from the graph part. A graph is a way of organizing data that highlights the relationship between data points. A simple plane graph is just a combination between vertices and edges. Graphs are a very powerful way to describe how things are connected. Now let's move on to the knowledge part. Knowledge means adding context to data, which means having an understanding of the data and the domain that this data represents. So in simple words, a knowledge graph means adding context to data. Now let's move to a more formal definition. A knowledge graph uses an organizing principle so that a user or a computer system can reason about the underlying data. This organizing principle gives us an additional layer of metadata, then when added to the graph, it gives the graph context. So in simple words, we say, we provide knowledge to the data by adding context, and context is added by applying an organizing principle that produces some metadata. And when this metadata are added to the graph, the graph becomes smarter. Why knowledge graphs are important? Let's think in terms of applications. The knowledge that the data contains is encoded in the system that uses this data in most of the cases. In other words, this organizing principle is hidden in the logic of queries and uh, programs that consume the data. With knowledge graphs, we do the opposite. We encode the knowledge in the data, and then the app becomes just the consumer of this knowledge. Now, how we build a knowledge graph? The easiest example to understand how adding context makes the data smarter would be by exploring the difference between a simple plane graph and a property graph. We said in the beginning that the simple plane graph is just a combination of edges and vertices and it doesn't contain any other, any other knowledge or data or metadata. A property graph 
contains some metadata that gives this graph a meaning from the domain it represents. So we add labels to represent entities in the domain, and we add attributes, which are key value, key value pairs that represent properties of these entities in the domain. So by adding this metadata, like labels and attributes to a simple graph, we add more context to the data contained in this graph. And this makes the graph self-describing to a certain extent. The real organizing principles that turn a graph to a knowledge graph are taxonomies and ontologies. Taxonomies and ontologies are blueprints where we define the set of concepts and relationships that represent the content and the structure of the domain. So, the key takeaway from this presentation about knowledge graphs would be to build a knowledge graph, the first thing is we need to have a graph representation of our data. And the second, we need to add context to this data by applying ontologies or taxonomies as an organizing principle. Thank you, everyone. This next definition is by Jens Scheitman a lead architect at Bayer who jumps right into the definition and uh, gives some, some examples as well. The term was coined by Google to describe the data structure that is used by their question answering engine. For example, if you ask Google, how old is Obama or who is Obama's wife, it will with, respond with Michelle Obama or return Barack Obama's age. Semantic web people instead would say it's the semantic web, so it depends a little on your viewpoint. In pharma or bio biomedical sciences, it describes a spectrum of solutions when dealing with complex facts. In this case, biomedical facts. These solutions usually involve some form of representation of knowledge and some techniques using graph representations. Let's have a look at a few examples. Say, you are dealing with diseases in databases. In drug research, when talking about diseases, this means that you are dealing with a lot of entities and relationships. For example, linking diseases to specific proteins and substances, then you are interested in how these react with each other, how drugs and treatments change that chemistry in the body, and where can you find these pr uh, proteins in which cell parts, in which cells, in how do these comprise organs, etc. This is a graph structure and a knowledge graph in itself. In contrast, in pharmacovigilance or drug safety, as we call it, reports for every adverse event for a drug or treatment is classified using a nicely balanced five-level hierarchy. That means a tree that has five levels everywhere. This is done worldwide. For example, this tells you that abnormaldrenes as a disease is a subclass of parasomnias, which is a subclass of sleep disorders and disturbances, which is a subclass of psychiatric disorders. If you put that into a graph structure, that would be a knowledge graph too. Now, if you have two databases, one containing research data and one containing pharmacovigilance data, and you want to analyze that data jointly, you need to be able to navigate between these records. That means you need another structure 
one that translates between the codes and different entities that are mentioned. This can be a conversion table between codes, but from biomedical entities that is usually not so simple and you need another graph structure to do that. So, in summary, a knowledge graph is a representation of knowledge using graphs as a technical means from which you can draw conclusions to solve your business problem. This next clip is by Juan Zakeda, principal scientist at Data.World, who I interviewed on episode 14, Knowledge First Approach and Reusing Existing Standards for Data Mesh. Hi, I'm Juan Cicada. I'm the principal scientist of Data.World and also the co-host of Catalog and Cocktails, the honest, no BS, non-salesy podcast about enterprise data. So I want to talk about knowledge graphs very quickly and give you my definition. So knowledge graphs can be considered uh, to be achieving an early vision in computing of creating intelligent systems that integrate knowledge and data at scale. But let's get more specific on this. I like to say there's two things. One, you're integrating data from diverse, distributed, heterogeneous sources. And second, you want the real-world concepts and the real-world relationships to be first-class citizens. So actually, in, our, in my book, Designing and Building Enterprise Knowledge Graphs, I define it as a knowledge graph represents a collection of real-world concepts as nodes in a graph, like order or customer or one or order one, two, three, and relationships as edges, as a customer places an order, one place the order one, two, three. It happens to be the form of a graph, and it is used to link and integrate data coming from diverse sources. In another group, in another book that was part of uh, called Knowledge Graph, we defined it as a graph of data intended to accumulate and convey knowledge of the real world, whose nodes represent entities of interest and whose edges represents relations, be relationships between these entities. The graph of data conforms to a graph-based data model, which can be a directed edge labeled graph, such as an RDF graph, or it could be a property graph. Uh, by knowledge here, we refer to things as what is known. So for example, orders are placed by customers. Austin is the capital of Texas, right? And these things are represented in schemas and ontologies and so forth. So why knowledge graphs? Well, the moment you start integrating data and knowledge in the form of a graph here as a knowledge graph, this is what's actually powering search and recommendations and all the big giants of Amazon, Google, Netflix, and so forth. From where I'm coming from, data catalogs and data governance applications are built on knowledge graphs because you're integrating data. In this case, it's actually metadata, but that's coming from so many sources, from schemas, APIs, business glossaries, and this all serves as a basis to help users go find data and knowledge. And then another app that we see is all the X360, such as customer or product 360. These are ideal applications for knowledge graphs. At the end of the day, knowledge graphs has a vast history. It's lately stemming from the work that comes from the semantic web community, uh, but it goes back to the work from semantic networks in the 1970s and further beyond. If you have any questions, uh, shoot me an email, juan at data.world. This next definition is by Steve Stesny, Senior Product Lead and Data Practice Lead at Predictive UX, who, if you'll recall, I interviewed with his colleague, Karen, who gave her definition earlier on episode 30, Don't Sleep on the User Experience in Data Mesh. 
I define a knowledge graph as the application of a common understanding to data stored in a graph structure. It's this application of the common understanding that enables us to analyze and query massive amounts of data efficiently. This is the real power of knowledge graphs. Over the past 20 years, knowledge graphs have made tremendous strides in helping to organize data, surfacing data, storing data, making data more accessible, and more recently, the ability to apply machine learning to the data. There's been a tremendous amount of interest in knowledge graphs, but we may have lost sight of the end user. If the Gartner heart hype cycle is any indication, knowledge graphs are at the precipice of the trough of disillusionment. And I strongly believe the users, the data consumers, and the business leaders are the key to getting us through the trough of disillusionment and onto the path of enlightenment. And I'm excited to lead the knowledge graph community through this disillusionment and into enlightenment, hand in hand with the users, data consumers, and business leaders working with knowledge graphs today. This last clip is by Tim Tischler, Principal Engineer at Wayfair. Goes a bit more off script and gives more of a story of how they were using a knowledge graph at New Relic, but I think it's still usable and applicable. I interviewed Tim on episode 43, Applying Resilience Engineering Practices to Scale Data Sharing. My name's Tim Tischler. I'm a Principal Engineer at Wayfair, and in a previous life, I worked at New Relic where Ward Cunningham, who's a architect there, had been uh, creating a infrastructure knowledge graph that was fascinating using Neo4j and some uh, scripts. He would go and query all of our data sources for information about relationships. For example, engineers commit via GitHub, engineers commit into repos. By scanning the repos, repos use Docker images, and they instantiate services. And through an HR tool, people belong to teams, and then teams own services, and pager duty pages individuals. And he built this, this complex relationship of all the entities that existed inside of our, our infrastructure. So we could start asking some amazing questions that would be so hard to answer any other way. Like, uh, what are the email addresses of the managers of teams whose members have committed into our mono repo over the last, uh, more than three times over the last six months? Or uh, what services share hardware with this service that also have runtime dependencies on S3? And the number of questions that we could ask that were so deep and so hard that were made trivial by, by this tool was fundamentally amazing. Um, and so that was my first experience seeing what the power of a knowledge graph could be. And it, it let us do ask questions that we had never thought to ask before have reached throughout the entire organization through multiple concepts. And it seemed a little bit like magic to me. It was amazing.